Hi, this is Tia Sarkar. I play Sabine Wren on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Twin Suns Transmission. Of course, it ends where it becomes a desert planet with twin suns. Hey, my name is Taylor Gray, and I play Ezra Bridger in Star Wars Rebels. I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Twin Suns Transmission. Here's where the fun begins. Let's make this epic more interesting. You've taken your first step into a larger world. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Twin Suns Transmission. I'm your host Eric Pfeiffer, joined as always by Justice Filippo. Hey guys! Welcome to episode 180 of Twin Suns Transmission. It's very exciting. We're getting close to our, our 200th episode, Jesse, which is very exciting. Um, yeah, and we've... <laughs> I feel very proud of what Twin Suns has been doing um lately over the last month i'd say month and a half two months we've we've really had a lot of content coming out um if you guys just listen to us on itunes or something like that i recommend going over to our website and checking out all the content we've got book reviews and everything as well so lots of great stuff out there on this episode, we're going to be talking all about the Sith Apprentices of Darth Sidious in the prequel trilogy, so Count Dooku and Maul, which is very exciting because those are, I feel like Dooku doesn't get enough love sometimes, <laughs> um, and Maul is just a, a really popular character, so it'll be fun to kind of, not compare them, but kind of compare them a little bit. <laughs> uh, but Jesse, before we get into that, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of briefly go through some of the Star Wars news. And the first thing is kind of interesting. Lego is coming out with a Lego Star Wars holiday special show, which is going to be debuted on Disney Plus on Life Day, which is November 17th, and if you guys are familiar with the original holiday special, it came out in 1978, featuring all of the uh, original cast, and I don't think you've watched that one, right, Jesse? That's a... Uh... I haven't. Nope. Yeah, Still haven't seen it. It's probably best. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Every time I like see little like gifts of it or Wookiee Life Day comes around, I'm always like, oh, I need to find this one day. I feel like it's one of those things where you go into it knowing it's bad <laughs> and you just enjoy it for, <laughs> for what it is. I don't yeah. know. Maybe I'll make it a Life Day goal of this year to yeah. see it. <laughs> It's it's definitely interesting, to say the least. Um, but this is going to be released on Life Day, which, like I said, is November 17th, and that is the original release day of um, the holiday special. But this new one's going to have a different look to it. Um, obviously, besides being Lego, they're going to have a different timeline. So this is actually going to follow Rey after the events of The Rise of Skywalker. And she's going to leave her friends to prepare for Life Day as she embarks on a new adventure with BB-8 to gain deeper knowledge of the Force. And it looks like she's going to sort of cross timelines and she'll come across like Luke and Vader and Yoda and Obi-Wan. 
and then it'll be kind of a race to the finish to get back to Kashyyyk for Life Day. Uh, so wow. it'll be interesting to to kind of watch that. So I'm excited for it, though. That sounds awesome. I was not expecting you to even mention Ray. That's so cool that they're kind of extending the story beyond what we know. Yeah. So it won't be like uh, it won't be like the previous holiday special just in Lego form. It'll have a new story um, with a similar premise. But there's also going to be a Lego Star Wars Advent calendar that releases on September 1st, and it's going to have some of the holiday-themed characters in that. And then there's also going to be a Lego Star Wars Holiday Special sticker book, so they'll have a little bit of merchandise for it as well. Adorable. And I'm... I know it. Lego Star Wars is technically non-canonical, so mm-hmm. even though this is like an extension beyond Rise of Skywalker for Rey's story, will it be non-canon because it's Lego? I don't know. Lego does some really crazy things, so I, <laughs> I don't know. Could be a headcanon. Yeah. Couple other quick things I want to mention. So Adria Arona, I don't know if I'm saying that right. I think I am. She is joining the cast for Cassian, the Disney Plus series, and she's actually kind of a big name. She's worked with uh, Ryan Reynolds and Jared Leto. She recently starred in the Netflix series uh, Six Underground. Um, she's gonna be in Morbius, which is I think that's a Marvel thing. But she's been in a bunch of stuff, and so it's been confirmed by Variety that she'll be in the Cassian series, which is pretty exciting. So I'm looking forward to seeing her in that. And then on the 21st of this month, the Jedi Fallen Order score is coming out, which is exciting. I really like the music in the game. And for those of you who are on PlayStation, no need to go out and get an Oculus. Vader Immortal is coming to PlayStation VR on August 25th. Nice. That's awesome. Get on it, Xbox. Yeah. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into our main topic of discussion, and that is talking about Dooku and Maul. And this is sort of how this whole thing started, Jesse. So obviously I work at a collectible store, and um, we used to do something kind of similar to this on... Ashla Analysis, which is going to have a new episode coming out soon, but we had a a segment of that show called Versus, and Rachel and I would pick a character from, you know, her, she would pick a light side, I would pick a dark side, and we would uh, kind of associate the character with what we were talking about on that particular podcast, and we would leave it up to a vote for all of our listeners to vote on who we think would win in a fight between those characters. And so working at this collectible store, you get, you know, sometimes it's slow, sometimes it's busy. And and during the slow times, I try to pass the time by talking to my um, employees. And I try and make some really kind of interesting versus matchups. And some of them are are really fun, like you have, you know, uh, the Power Rangers versus the Ninja Turtles and who would win. Or like the... (laughs) You know, Rocket Raccoon versus Pikachu. Like, you kind of make some crazy ones. Oh, my God. Yeah, and just kind of discuss <laughs> it. But this guy came in, and he wanted the Count Dooku lightsaber. And so 
he was like this really big Dooku fan. I was like, that's really cool to see because you don't have people that are like diehard Dooku fans, it seems like. Or if you do, they're like, doesn't seem like they're, you know, out there so much. But he's like, yeah, I always like Dooku more than Maul. And we started talking about that. And um, he ended up buying a Maul comic book. But um, it was just kind of interesting because I feel like Maul and Maul and Vader kind of get the spotlight quite a bit. Um, and we were talking, he's like, who, who would you win? Who do you think would win in a fight between Dooku or Maul? And it kind of got me thinking about the two characters. And so I thought it'd be fun to kind of just talk about not necessarily who would win in a fight unless we want to talk about that, but kind of just the stories between Dooku and Maul. And Jess, I remember at one point talking with you, I don't know if it was on a podcast or just casually outside of recording, but Maul is kind of, I mean, you feel bad for the guy and he's kind of, even though he's really evil, likable in a way. No, I totally agree. I feel like pre- Clone Wars, I didn't necessarily see why everyone was obsessed with him. But I understood that he, like, looked very cool. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he he looks cool, but he, like, doesn't do much, and he just gets cut in half. So, like, he's not so great. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, obviously, through Clone Wars and then Rebels, we got so much to his character that, because for me, I'm not a dark side person. I don't usually get that interested or that into the dark side character's but yeah, through Clone Wars, through Rebels, they made him, like you said, likable. You kind of understood, you know, where his anger and hatred kind of comes from. And and that kind of, to me, you know, he's also just, it makes, it makes him more likable for me because I empathize with him. But also he's just still ridiculous and just got like so ridiculously powerful through his anger that uh, it just there's a certain point where you have a character that's just so crazy and so dark that you just have to like them because they're just out of control and that's (laughs) definitely maul (laughs) yeah and that's not something that we see from dooku you know we we see maul kind of rage we see vader get upset and we you know anakin in episode three obviously is is very angry and and you know he's got the Sith eyes and stuff. Palpatine, you know, obviously he kind of keeps hidden, but for a lot of you know the beginning part of Star Wars, and then becomes the Emperor who looks all old and decrepit and walks creepy and has got a messed up face and and all that. And yeah. that you know if you think about Dooku, uh, I mean he's one of my dad's favorite characters, and I was like, Dad, why do you like Dooku so much? And he's like, Well. He's just kind of like a, a really, he's a smart bad guy, and, and he's he seems really classy. Like, you could go out for a glass <laughs> of wine with, with the Count of Sereno, you know? <laughs> yeah. And he, like, that's totally different from Maul, you know? I mean, we don't yeah. really, we don't really get to see an angry Darth Tyrannus. It's just very, like, I don't know if reserved is the right word, but very composed. That's the right word. Yeah, you're not going to have a wine and cheese night with Maul, that's for <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, like it's Dooku kind of, it's it's almost, he's he's unique in that way to the dark side characters. You don't see him necessarily feel, like he has negative things that happen to him through Dooku Jedi loss. We know that his like childhood, you know, 
was not typical of the average Jedi since he knew he was from, you know, Sereno and part of this royal-ish family on Sereno. So I'm sure that gave him, you know, his sense of dignity and wine and cheese air to him. Um, But it's, you never, yeah, you never see him. You never, he never is given like a true reason to fall to the dark side. Everyone else that we know is like, you know, Anakin, Padme got ripped away from him. That's Anakin's fall. Maul is, you know, getting taken from uh, childhood and being basically tormented by Palpatine his whole life to be raised as an apprentice. Um, You know, it's like everybody has a fall. And then we continue to watch more reasons for Maul to fall. He gets, you know, he has, you know, a whole thing with Kenobi. Like, he just keeps having more reasons to delve deeper, deeper and deeper into the dark side. And, and Dooku does does not have that. He just decided that he'd rather be evil. Yeah. And hence has more control. I don't know. And I think, you know, we... <laughs> what's great about Star Wars now is that we're getting so much content. And within the last couple of years, and you mentioned this, uh, you know, Dooku Jedi Lost, we've gotten... A lot of content on both of these characters. Um, obviously, we got season seven of Clone Wars, which focused a lot on Maul in the final arc, and then um, we also got a couple chapters of Maul in E.K. Johnston's Queen's Peril, and it was really interesting to see what drove Maul, or you know, not what drove him, but kind of what made him hate the Jedi so much, and that was because he got passed over. You know, he was on Dathomir as a young Zabrak, you know, part of the Knight Brothers clan, and got passed over by the Jedi. And so he had this grudge against them from the beginning. And, you know, he survived after episode one with his hate. He just, his hatred kept him alive and kept him going. And like you talked about with Dooku Jedi Lost, you know, we get a lot more on Dooku, which is absolutely interesting because... Dooku, we don't know much about, you know, it's just, his, that's his name, Dooku. Like, we we didn't know mm-hmm. much about his early life, um, other than he was trained in the ways of the Force by by Yoda, and then later turned to train Qui-Gon. And we get a lot more of him also in uh, Master and Apprentice. And we learn a little bit more about his relationship with Qui-Gon and, and the prophecies and, and things like that. And so I think, you know, slowly but surely, we're getting a lot more information on these characters. And I think current Disney canon has done a fantastic job just sprinkling in little bits of information on both characters. So if you haven't read those books, Master and Apprentice, um, Dooku Jedi Lost, and Queen's Peril, you'll get some good information on both characters. Yeah, those those are like everything. If you're a Dooku fan, that's it fleshes him out so well. And it kind of is like going back into how he got into the Force, like those books, it's you kind of just learn that he kind of just took it on as a hobby. Like he was interested in it and yeah. thought it was silly that the Jedi were leaving it behind. Like it's like it's like he felt like it was like a missed opportunity of the Jedi and therefore he left. So he is kind of, in a way, one of those rare, very balanced characters, but he just chose the darkness. 
Mm-hmm. He's never, we never see him consumed or deranged by it in the way that we see Maul, like, as an emotional rack who's literally, like, his, it's almost like at a certain point his brain is, in multiple points, I think, through his timeline, he starts to deteriorate from his own anger and hatred. And Dooku's just like, nah, I just think it's kind of cool. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll just go that way. But he is still very balanced. You know, he's tethered initially by his initial grounding in the Jedi way. Yeah. And maybe that's what allows him not to be consumed. He has like the tools to not be consumed, I guess. Yeah. And forgive me if I'm I'm misspeaking here, but I and you can confirm if this is correct, Jesse, but I remember, I seem to remember um, in Dooku Jedi Lost that it was kind of from Ventress's point of view, but she had like a, it was like a record, holo recordings of mm-hmm. Dooku kind of interacting with his sister and things like that. So it's all from Ventress's point of view, but it's it's from a younger Dooku and we see him on Sereno and, and go through all of these other different things and his relationship with Sifo Dias. They were like really good friends. So they really, they really do a great job of just kind of bringing everything together. Yeah. So getting ready for this, I was just kind of thinking about, you know, Dooku's apprentice and then Maul as Sidious's apprentice and how they kind of both chose from Dathomir. So we have the, the Night Sisters of Dathomir and the Night Brothers of Dathomir, which is where Maul is from. And we know Ventress is obviously a Night Sister. So I just, I wonder almost, it, it's interesting that Dooku chose from, you know, the same, you know, planet, if you will, of, of for his apprentice. But then on the other side, Maul, or I'm sorry, on the other side, Ventress just kind of has more of that balance in the way that Dooku does from being classically originally trained as a Jedi and then falling into darkness. Um, but it's almost its almost like he's like mocking Maul a little bit. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. I mean, Dathomir is a planet of darkness and we, you know, we see that a lot too in Jedi Fallen Order, which is um, pretty, pretty exciting. So, yeah, um, I think that like is... more reason too for Maul to be even more like angry about being passed over because Ventress is from the same planet and the Jedi did find her. Yeah. So it's like more fuel for his hatred. Well, let's let's start going through kind of the story of some of these characters. Uh, we'll start with we'll start with Maul. Um, so obviously we find out that he was passed over by the Jedi on Dathomir, raised to be this fighting machine by um, by Palpatine. And during his his prime, I mean, Maul, we, we don't really see Maul do the things that we see Dooku do, right? Like, no force lightning. That's not something that we ever see from Maul. Um, mm-hmm. But he's, he's very quick, very fast, very, you know, he's very speedy. Even in Star Wars Battlefront, you know, he's like one of the fastest characters. He's got a lightsaber spinning charge thing and... He's really hard to hit, um, and he's really good at what he does. And and uh, so you know, his time as a Sith um, getting cut in half, I think that really put a damper on his his potential. 
and uh, he kind of had that that sort of uh, revenge in his mind against Obi-Wan for years and years and years, and that's something that he dwelled on, on uh, Lothal Minor, uh, where we see Spider-Butt Mall kind of, you know, <laughs> found by, by Savage Opress, and he's all insane and everything in the Clone Wars. And then after the Clone Wars, I mean, we find out in Season 7 that he sort of had this... He sort of knew what was going on with his master's plan, but it seemed like he was a little surprised that that his master used the clones. He's like, so that's how he does it, or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then Palpatine obviously... Palpatine never trusted him. To know the full, yeah. Lie. Yep. And then obviously he, he kind of had those that Skywalker thing in his mind for a while as well and then he becomes sort of like this this uh leader of the crime syndicates and then we see him in rebels where he finally bites it in a battle against obi-wan on tatooine um which is actually one of my favorite episodes because it's i think that one's titled twin sons and um we get that final battle not battle between obi-wan and Maul. It's very fast yet still satisfying kind of end to Maul's story. But kind of through that timeline too, I was thinking a little bit about how Maul is only organized and in control when he's being controlled. Like with when you look at because he's always he's always like you said he's fueled by that rage for that anger for something. And like we like ever since, you know, obviously in the Phantom Menace, he's very calm and controlled because he's uh, he has a master telling him what to do, where to be and how to be. And then, you know, obviously he gets his first blow by Kenobi, fueling his hatred for Kenobi. And the next time we see him, he's taking out that Kenobi revenge, killing Satine, taking over Mandalore, all to get to Kenobi. Yep. And then he crosses paths with Palpatine again because his next goal from there was, you know, to take over with Savage via Palpatine, taking over that Sith leadership. Obviously, that didn't go well for him. And that's when we see Mog being organized again with the crime syndicates because he's now in control of Palpatine again. We see him popping up, you know, in Solo, and he's obviously, you know, doing his crime syndicate thing, which we're still waiting to hear more about. Um, and then, you know, from there, and then he goes into the siege of Mandalore, all, you know, very under his, you know, Palpatine control. And then we go back into just revenge and anger towards, we see him again in Rebels. He's just angry about the Sith and he's going, you know, after to destroy the Sith. And then again, we go back into Kenobi where that's just where we find his like final day in the desert screaming Kenobi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he has no organization, no master of his emotions whatsoever unless he's being controlled. Yeah. And I think for me uh you know you said we're kind of waiting to see more about the the crime syndicate thing. I think that would be such an interesting story to tell you know whether that be a solo two thing with crimson dawn and kira um or you know maybe they'll give us a a book or a comic or something i think it'd be very interesting to get more on that story make solo two happen 
Yes, definitely. Would love that. But I also think it would be interesting to get a story of like how, like I want to see exactly how Maul got to Lothal Minor from the Naboo, you know, reactor room. Right. Like, how did he get there? What was his story like? And, you know, I want to sort of see him descend slowly into madness. Oh, <laughs> that is like, I remember watching that in Clone Wars, and I'm such a baby about scary stuff that I was like, oh, I don't know <laughs> how <laughs> I feel about this. But yeah. His story is so fun and twisted and crazy. Yeah. Let's talk about Dooku a little bit. So Dooku obviously has a little bit of a, a different story. He was um, this boy who was a part of a royal family on Sereno, and then through a series of events goes to become a Jedi at the temple, and Yoda specifically selects him as his apprentice. And um, we see a little bit of their, of their training together, but... You know, as, as time goes on, Dooku becomes master to Qui-Gon, and we sort of have this, like, elite line of, of succession with uh, with the Jedi in this. I mean, you start with Yoda, you go to Dooku, you got Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, Anakin, Ahsoka, and, I mean, you, you talk about those Jedi, those are some of the, you know, most powerful beings in the universe during this time. That's like the royal, the royal line, the royal family of Jedi, almost. Yeah, and then obviously we have you know the Clone Wars, and that is where Dooku shines. He's the Sith apprentice to Palpatine at the time of the Clone Wars, and this is such a pivotal point for um, Palpatine. And I think having Dooku as his apprentice was was extremely beneficial. But Dooku, again, I mean, he does kind of whatever he wants uh, to please Palpatine, you know, even with Ventress. You know, I said eliminate her, you know, so and then he does and he gets rid of her. And it got to the point where it was just because Anakin was so powerful and Palpatine could see that Anakin was far younger and more powerful, you know. Um, <laughs> and that's why in that battle, he was like, yep, do it. Just, you know, kill him. Take him out. Um, yeah, you'll do. You'll work. I'll take you instead. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, I, I mean, Dooku, Dooku was betrayed by Palpatine, but that's just the way of the Sith. You know, it's all about power. Yeah. And if you think about it, there's, there's no way that Maul could have done what Dooku did. He, Palpatine needed someone exactly like Dooku in order to carry out that plan. Mm -hmm. He needed someone with the the trust and, and and just general power of a Jedi, obviously. And then he needed like Dooku had everything he needed. He had like the clout. He had the clout of the Jedi. He had the clout of being part of a royal family on a major interim planet, Sereno. Like he just was in the perfect position. Like I don't know if there is a single other person that could have carried out what Dooku carried out for Palpatine. He needed to be controlled. He couldn't be like this raging animal that like, he had to be. He had to be someone that was more like Palpatine, someone yeah. who can could fool the galaxy and trick them into following him. Yep, they are different, and I I think that's interesting with with everything that 
we see as far as Palpatine's apprentices, and they all have their bright spots, and they're all really good at doing their own thing. But one thing that they're all really good at doing is fighting. And Dooku is a duelist. He has that special curved saber. He was, you know, really good at dueling um, using Form 2, I believe, uh, Makashi-style training. And, I mean, Obi-Wan, one of the most powerful Jedi, gets wrecked by Dooku, like, nearly every single time. It's just not a good matchup for him. And so I think it's interesting that they each sort of have their own things, and, and I think it's interesting that Dooku uses Force Lightning, but not Maul, and they own, I, they all have their own techniques. I wonder, too, if, like, Maul's training in the Force Lightning kind of either gets interrupted, or if we just didn't see him need it in his fight against Qui-Gon, and then he, like, becomes half-metal. And then he can't use it for the same reason that Vader can't use it. Because it, like, messes with their metal bodies. Could be. Yeah, I just, for me, I just think Maul was, that's not something that he really needed to do. Like, he, he you know, he had his own style and he was very acrobatic and and liked to punch and kick and, you know. Right. You know, be all up in your grill, sort of. So, I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting if we if we ever get any info on that. Because um, I can just imagine with how deep he lets himself fall into darkness. Like, I can't imagine that just not, like, exploding out of him at some point. Yeah. Or, like, you know, we see in the Clone Wars, Palpatine and Dooku, when they're doing all that Sith incantations to try and break Master Yoda in Season 6, and they're shooting the lightning into the little bowl or whatever it is. Um... <laughs> Like, if, if that was Maul, would Maul be able to contribute in that? Or is, is that just not something that he can do? Um, but I yeah, feel like no. it's it's kind of cool, though, because I feel like that is something that Lucasfilm could throw into a story as a little tidbit of information that would please fans. Like, why doesn't oh, why yeah. doesn't Maul use Force Lightning or Sith Lightning, you know? Great. But, Jesse, one final question. Who would win mm-hmm. in a fight? So tough. <laughs> in their it prime. Really is. In their prime, because I know this guy was like, "Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about Dooku in his prime, it's not Episode Two Dooku." Like, I don't know. Maybe I mean, Dooku as a young huh. a young buck. I mean, he doesn't have his knowledge, you know. Mm-hmm. And the Sith are typically stronger because they rely on their hatred. And right. so I don't know. I would consider like, cause if you're talking like classically when like a living being is in their prime, it's like twenties, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, we just don't see that Dooku really, yeah. you know, like he's a Jedi at that time. So I just think it's a totally different ball game when you talk about them in their prime. But if we just like thinking about the Dooku that we know, from the movies, from the Clone Wars, like that, I feel like is just what we have to take him as his prime of the dark side. I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah, I'm down with that. I don't know. I think it would be really interesting because, you know, Maul is like, he's a wrecking ball. Like you said, he's like, he's all like legs and flips and just 
has this like really chaotic style that is the extreme opposite of Dooku in his very like mechanical, regal sword fighting that he does where he's almost like fencing. Yeah. I I feel like it's really tough. And if you took like force lightning out of the equation, I think that Maul's downfall every time is going to be that he doesn't have a master of his emotions, honestly. I think his intense rage, like, there's, balance matters no matter what side you lean to. You have to at least have some semblance of control. And I think Maul has that at only very rare moments. Um, and I think m- most of his timeline is him out of control so i feel like that gives most of his opponents an edge in a way mm-hmm. so you're going dooku then i think so i think so hmm. yeah i think i'm leaning a little bit more for dooku because of that i'll say dooku okay I don't really have an answer. I think they're both good. Um, I think, to me, Obi-Wan would have lost against Maul, and he kind of did lose against Maul, Mm -hmm. except in episode one. Except, I think, you know, for me, Maul just got surprised. Like, Obi-Wan jumped from inside that, you know, pit, and that was not something that Maul was expecting. I think he was overconfident at that point. He had just taken out Qui-Gon he had just kicked Obi-Wan's lightsaber down the pit and I think he was just kind of like standing over him like what you know and I think he was just like too confident like if he would have you know maybe kicked Qui-Gon's lightsaber down the pit too or or something I don't think there's any way that Obi-Wan wins that but we see, you know, these two Obi-Wan and, and Maul kind of fight as the series goes on uh, multiple times. And, and Maul seems to have more of an issue with Obi-Wan, but Dooku takes him out. I think it's just a matter of style. I think if it's a fight to the death with both of them in their prime, I think it's a very good fight. I'm going to go with Maul, though. Okay. <laughs> yep. Why, why? What makes you lean a little bit more towards Maul? What's, your, what's his edge? That he has for you. Because I think that fighting is what Maul was for. That's like what his purpose was for. That was sort of uh, Palpatine's like like job for him at the beginning, mm-hmm. you know. I'm sending my apprentice Darth Maul to join you. You know, like he to your yeah. job is to take out those Jedi. Like with Dooku, I think it was for him it was more of being secretive and leading the separatists and, you know, politics partially and with his influence in the galaxy as the count. So I don't know. I I think Maul is just a warrior and he's just got so much anger and rage that that if it's a fight to the death, Maul would win. All right, yeah. So, who do you guys think would win in a fight? We'd like to know. Um, we'll put a poll out there and see see what you guys have to say. But, Jesse, I think that'll pretty much do it for our discussion on the Sith Apprentices during the time of the prequel trilogy. Where can people find us on social media? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube all under the handle at Twin Sons Outpost. 
All right. And if you're looking for other places to listen to our show, you can find us on our website, which is www.twinsonsoutpost.com. Click on the podcast tab on the left-hand side. You'll find all of our episodes there. You can also find us on the Star Wars podcast app through the Google Play Store and on iTunes. And if you enjoyed this episode and you think we're pretty wizard, go ahead and give us a good review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us on our discussion of Dooku and Maul. We'll see you again next week, and as always, may the Force be with you. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels. You've been listening to Twin Suns Transmission, an exciting show where sand gets everywhere. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Twin Suns Podcast Network. May the Force be with you, always. Airmaster Tatooine. It's controlled by the Hutt. Rendezvous point on Halloween. This time you will murder to meet the king.